Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Don Waldman from the 412th Test Wing Public Affairs. National Fire Prevention Week is observed every October in the United States, and as we recorded this episode, the U.S. West Coast had been hit hard with devastating wildfires that have claimed precious lives, destroyed homes and structures, and consumed thousands of acres. Well, today, we'll talk about National Fire Prevention Week, but also learn about the awesome Edwards Fire and Emergency Services Unit, their work here on our base, and some of the new things on their horizon. It is my pleasure to introduce Mr. Tim Johnson, who is the Chief of the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services for the 812th Civil Engineering Squadron. Chief Johnson, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Don. I appreciate the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with you. Well, Chief, first of all, I think we should state how thankful we are here in the Aerospace Valley that while we were seeing a lot of smoke, we do not have the wildfires here on our valley floor. Uh, yes, we should be thankful. The firefighters are dealing with that right now. They are doing a lot of hard work to try to stop these fires. So I am thankful that it's, it's not affecting the base at this time. And hopefully people that are living outside of the base are truly not affected by this. Well, Chief, when it comes to fighting fires at home, you know, the first step is always prevention. This year, National Fire Prevention Week is October 4th through the 10th. Chief Johnson, what is the theme of this year's event? Uh, the theme of this year is, uh, or campaign, uh, is serve up fire safety in the kitchen. So what they're focused on is uh, pretty much cooking safety. But we're, we're trying to set up to where the housing area is familiar with uh, proper cooking safety. Uh, there are some facilities on base that also have stoves in their area that we hope that they listen to and watch what educational uh, information we pr provide because it still applies. But mainly the uh, kitchen fire safety is for our housing area. Well, historically, Fire Prevention Week is a big outreach opportunity for the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services Unit. But Chief Johnson, due to COVID, you've had to employ some innovation and creativity this year. What do you have on tap for our base residents? Uh, unfortunately, you are correct, Don. Due to the, the state that we're in with uh, COVID, we've had to kind of limit uh, exposure. Uh, we usually love to get out into the community that's where we do the best public education, providing fire extinguisher training, uh, doing uh, safety inspections if somebody wants to come to their house or their facility. But this year, what we're going to focus on is a lot of social media, uh, trying to get out through uh, public affairs with uh, articles. Uh, we're going to be utilizing Instagram this year. By no means am I really educated on the use of social media, but I do have a lot of good people within the fire service at Edwards that knows and is very competent in getting that information out. So they're going to be using Facebook, Instagram to uh, put the educational material out there. Uh, we have made some videos uh, utilizing one of the housing units uh, that's going to provide them the kitchen fire safety to meet the campaign this year. Uh, also, we haven't done it in a long time. Anybody that's listening to this might remember this, but there used to be a parade through housing. Uh, we plan on doing a parade through housing on the 4th of October, starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, there will be more information going out 
uh, here over the next week on what we ask you to do to maintain safety for you and your family and maintain safety for the firefighters whenever we are driving the trucks through the base housing. Uh, but unfortunately, you are correct, Don, we are limiting all exposure uh, to personnel that we don't need to. Wow, Chief, your team has certainly put a lot of effort into getting this message out. Chief Johnson, can you please share with us the address for the Instagram you have? Uh, it's at Edwards underscore F-E-S. We'll repeat that at the end, too, in case people didn't get it. So, Chief Johnson, is there anything else you want to address to our listeners about National Fire Prevention Week and the theme, Serve Up Fire Safety in the Kitchen? All we ask is that uh, please check out the material that we're going to be providing for uh, this year's campaign. And if you have any questions, please call 661-277-3124. And any of those fine firefighters will answer any questions that they have about anything that deals with fire safety. The mission of the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services Unit is huge, serving the entirety of Edwards Air Force Base as well as AFRL up on Lumen Ridge. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest is Mr. Tim Johnson, who is the chief of the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services for the 812th Civil Engineering Squadron. Well, Chief Johnson, let me start with this question. Why is this unit called Fire and Emergency Services? What does that mean? Well, Don, back in the uh, early 90s, I think it was around 1992, Air Force uh, Fire Protection was just considered a fire department. Well, they uh, evaluated what we actually do and changed our name to a fire and emergency services. And what that means is we just don't respond to building fires. We also respond to uh, emergency medical calls, uh, vehicle uh, accidents, which would be considered technical rescue. Uh, we do confined space entry, hazardous materials response. We are very heavily uh, equipped to manage pretty much any type of hazardous material at a specialist level. Uh, and the biggest thing and the reason why Edwards Fire and Emergency Services here is for aircraft rescue firefighting. Uh, the support of the mission that's uh, over here in the uh, 1200 area, 1400 area, 1800 area, we're here to support the aircraft. To say Fire and Emergency Services, it's more than just firefighting in a facility now. And based off of that, uh, the firefighters really have to have a lot of training to maintain adequacy in each of those types of responses. So Chief Johnson, some of our listeners may not be aware of this, but there are a total of five fire stations across Edwards and AFRL. Can you tell us why they're located in the places they are and where they're located? Well, uh, let's start off with my building. It's building 2860. That is the headquarters facility. Uh, that's where uh, I sit, uh, the deputy fire chief. I do have fire prevention in here, uh, my training chief, uh, the emergency communication center. So when you call 911, it comes to building 2860, uh, it, where they are co-located with security forces and the BDOC, okay? We are also situated with the 812th. So the 812th uh, commander and deputy director also sit in building 2860. 
Uh, building 2860 does not have response vehicles other than uh, my vehicle, Chief 1, and then uh, the AC of Operations, Chief 2, to where we will respond. For uh, Station 1, which is on the airfield, uh, they support aircraft rescue firefighting. They also have the capability for structural response and emergency medical response, but their main focus out of Station 1 is to maintain fire protection on the airfield uh, to ensure that the mission continues. Station 2, which is in the west area, or uh, we'll, you'll hear us refer to it as a housing area, okay. is on Fitzgerald. At the, at the end of Fitzgerald, you'll run into it once you get to the stop sign uh, in between Fitzgerald and Forbes. They support uh, structural firefighting and uh, emergency medical response. They also have our, it's called the USAR, the Urban Search and Rescue Equipment is located at Station 2. They do respond mutual aid a little bit uh, to LA County if needed, uh, and some uh, Kern County, if it doesn't get any further than possibly Roseman. Uh, you have Station 3, which is on South Base. Uh, South Base also handles aircraft rescue firefighting structural response and emergency medical response to that south base compound then you have station four station four is probably our best kept secret uh i would say it's mm -hmm. it has the only grass at about a 200 mile radius uh with that one they are pretty much their own entity out there uh because our response up to afrl is about a 25 minutes uh unless we uh, go across the lake bed but that's still going to be at least a 15 to 20 minute response afrl handles uh, all the big things uh, except for ARF. so they do structural emergency medical tech rescue and hazmat. Then you have Station 5, which is North Base. Uh, station 5 has been considered our hazardous materials station. Uh, it has the capability for some ARF uh, because of the airfield out there, structural, uh, EMS, and then uh, hazmat. We are truly the only hazmat unit uh, outside of Bakersfield. So we provide a lot of response uh, borax plant, we are their initial response. Uh, and then anything around um, Mojave Spaceport, we also provide hazmat for out there when needed. Each of the uh, bases, or I'm sorry, each of the departments, uh, station two, four, and five, are also mutual aid responders. So if uh, LA County or Kern County call for us, depending on where it's at, we'll usually send out one of those stations to help support the community. Oh, okay. So, Chief Johnson, how many firefighters and EMTs are stationed here at Edwards? At this time, uh, we have 107 firefighters. Uh, I'm allotted up to 134, but unfortunately, I only have 107. Obviously, we're going through the process, so we can fill to get there. Uh, as for the EMTs, I actually have uh, almost 70 EMTs. Yes, but the goal is to get us to 100%. So... Uh, if I did have the 134 or 120 or even the 107 to try to get 100% of my operational firefighters uh, at, to the EMTB level.
uh, so we can provide the best care to the community. Chief Johnson, here at Edwards, are your firefighters and EMTs, are they active duty Air Force, civilians, contractors, or a mix? Uh, well, they are civilians and active duty military. For the uh, civilian side, uh, I'm running about 95 uh, civilians, uh, Air Force. Well, they're all airmen, but uh, civilian airmen. And then um, 21 uh, active duty military. Unfortunately, when it comes to the military side, uh, it's just not, okay, you belong to a fire department. We're going to leave you alone. Uh, We have a pretty decently high tempo of deployments. So at this time, I only have about 10 Uh, active duty military here. The rest are deployed. Well, Chief Johnson, the nature of Edwards flight test mission means that we have many different type of aircraft on the base at the very same time. Does that present a unique opportunity to our firefighters? It does. Uh, We always have to be on on the ball whenever it comes to the training. Yes, the test mission does a lot of things. And uh, unfortunately, some of the stuff uh, can't be discussed, but what right. can be discussed, we try to maintain uh, a, a certain level of proficiency when it comes to those type of a- aircraft. So we are constantly training on the aircraft. Uh, I would say that each firefighter probably gets around 80 hours of training on each aircraft that is assigned uh, within the test mission. Uh, on an annual basis. And when I say training, I'm talking they're actually on the aircraft, egressing, pilots. It is a, a constant when it comes to that. Because once again, talked about a little bit earlier, that's the reason why we're here, is to support that flying mission. Uh, when it comes to the, the training, it's not, not only training on just the aircraft, it's training on the facilities too. They're also trained on the systems that are within the facilities. Uh, fire alarm, mass notification, and the fire suppression systems. Uh, We did training about a month and a half ago uh, utilizing high expansion foam uh, out of one of the hangars. I'm not really sure if a lot of people remember, but there was a death at Eglin uh, due to high expansion foam where four individuals went into the hangar and one perished within the foam. Uh, They thought he might have slipped and fell, but there was never really much training on that. So whenever you can, FES, uh, a lot of uh, FESs have went out, uh, Eglin's done it, developed uh, procedures on mm-hmm. how to do this. Well, we were lucky here recently that uh, one of the hangers was doing a, uh, it's called a, a FAT, a final uh, acceptance test on their foam system. Uh, so they did their FAT and then opened the hanger up for the fire and emergency services to where we entered uh, and looked for a downed person within the fall. That's something that we don't have to get to do a lot, but this time we did get to do it, and it was outstanding training. Uh, went all the way up to uh, Air Force level. They, they, they gave us some high kudos for what we did trying to protect uh, the mission because, you know, the planes, yes, they are the mission, but truly it's the people that are competing or completing the mission that's most important to us. That's awesome. Congratulations to your team for seizing that opportunity and and, uh, having a a great training episode. You know, what does it mean to the fire department when when new test programs come on board, such as our new trainer aircraft and hypersonics? What what does that mean? 
when it does come on uh, online, uh, obviously we're we're kind of given uh, information to uh, take a look at. We usually have uh, either an assistant chief of operation or one of our division chiefs make contact with whoever's managing that program uh, and try to get as much information as we can. And mainly, what we we worry about is. Uh, normal hazards, uh, especially if it has uh, any type of armament on it. And then uh, egress procedures, what would be a normal egress and what would be an emergency egress, okay? So if it did have a crash landing, what hazards would we be involved with, i.e. like composites or uh, what are the munitions layout on this thing? Or if it did have a, it come in with some type of flight malfunction on an in-flight emergency, we knew what we need to bring to the airfield for that. So uh, you talk about the new trainer aircraft. Well, it's a smaller aircraft. So it's probably gonna not need that much uh, agent to support a fire on it. But for the firefighters to be able to get out once that thing lands uh, for the first time at Edwards to get out to see where all the, the switches are, throttles, all the pinning locations, is a detriment to the mission so we can provide the best fire protection we can if there truly is an emergency on those types of aircraft. And so far, I think we've been pretty successful in getting that type of touchy-feely on the assets that do come into Edwards. There's a lot more to this than I think people realize. Also, you know, your department, the team members, you're all, you're all very fit. Are there specific fitness training requirements for the kind of work you do at Edwards Air Force Base? Uh, there is. Um, with that, it's, uh, we have a program. It's called the Peer Fitness Program. Uh, we follow what's called the National Fire Protection Association uh, Codes and Standards. Well, NFPA, uh, short name acronym, because we are the Air Force, we have to live by acronyms. <laughs> um, with that, NFPA 1582 uh, defines a fitness program, uh, which covers uh, our peer fitness, i.e. our you know healthy habits. And then we also have our... Um, requirements through medical to where we have a physical. The fire department right now, uh, if you are in operations, you're, it's a mandatory requirement that you are part of the peer fitness. So uh, the guys are given workouts, uh, given ample time to work out, and then they do an annual uh, reeval uh, right after their physical. All in all, I would say we're probably one of the fittest fire, uh, fire emergency services that I've been in. Well, Chief Johnson, the Edwards Fire Department does an incredible job of keeping our base safe. And would you attribute that to the strong prevention program, not only in our housing area, but also in the work environment? Uh, a lot of people don't know. We're, we're just more than just responding to an emergency. Pe people call for help and we're going to respond out. Uh, that is a given. That's that's Once again, that's why we're here. But I have numerous sections within the fire department. Yes, fire prevention is one. Uh, as to where fire prevention not only manages fire prevention week through public education, uh, but they also provide uh, facility inspections. So there are three fire inspectors uh, within fire prevention that go out and do fire and life safety inspections uh, around the installation. Each facility, uh, at a minimum, is required to be inspected on an annual basis. 
We also do within the fire prevention section, uh, plans review. Obviously, there's construction all over base. And anybody listening that has ever had any type of renovation in their facility or, you know, a facility you see being built that's brand new, the fire prevention office has a big stake in that because they are providing based off of NFPA, DOD guidance, and uh, unified facilities criteria, the requirements uh, for systems, life safety code, occupant load, they're providing all that type of information. That way the facility, whenever it does get built, it is a usable facility and we can put people in there knowing that they're gonna be safe within the structure. And then public education. Not only do they do public education for Fire Prevention Week, they're always doing public education throughout the base. So if you have an extinguisher in your facility, they provide you facility fire extinguisher training. There is one thing that we are in the process of purchasing this year. We're tapping into a little bit of technology. We're going to provide the base populace with a little virtual reality fire extinguisher training. Oh, how cool. What we were told, we are the first Air Force installation, and I believe the first DOD installation that will be doing this outside of the fire department. So... We will be the first that will be getting the uh, the virtual reality stuff. I, I hope it works out. Uh, I'm very excited, and I know the prevention guys are really, really excited. Well, at Edwards, we are used to being the first on many things. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so that's fire prevention. Uh, as for the other sections, I have an operations section. They're the ones that are responding to everybody that needs help. They're the ones that are here 24-7. You can be guaranteed on base that on any holiday, any weekend, that you always have fire emergency services, medical, and security forces. That is a standard. They will always be here. I have a training section that ensures that everybody within the fire service meets their training requirements. They're also developing training classes uh, to make sure we're meeting industry standard and staying up with the technology that's going on out there. I also have a health and safety section that uh, not only is he the unit safety rep, i.e. the 812 safety rep, but he ensures that all firefighters uh, have a safe work environment to be in. He does facility inspections for health and safety. Uh, He looks at trends of if we do have accidents, we do have accidents. Not saying all the time, but something's always going to happen. You just need to come up with a way of how you're going to fix it. And then uh, ECC, my emergency communications center, that is truly the backbone of the fire department. They are the initial contact that anybody in the installation would have would be through the emergency communication center, uh, either on the BDOC side or the uh, fire side. Uh, when you call 911, those are the people that you're talking to. Uh, they are highly trained. They do try to get the trucks out as quick as possible based off of the information that you can give. But that that is a fully staffed 24-7 position. So there will always be somebody here to answer 911. I uh, just want people to remember that if you are calling uh, from a base phone, uh, i.e. in the facilities, it's uh, 911. We'll go straight to the emergency communication center. But if you are calling from your cell phone, you have to call 661-277-4540 or 4541. This way that goes straight to the ECC and they can dispatch you out. If you do call 911 on your cell phone, 
wherever your provider is located, that's where it's going to go. So Boron, it could go Lone Pine. Yeah, it could go to a lot of different locations before it does come to us. So that could be uh, anywhere from uh, vital seconds to minutes uh, that it's hanging out there. Exactly. Thanks for that clarification, Chief. And then we have uh, my uh, logistics section, which uh, here recently, due to a new station, and I think you're going to want to talk about that here in a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, has been very, very busy. We just got a dedicated logistics person, and it has helped us tenfold on maintaining the equipment and the resources that we need to respond. Pretty much that's where we're at, other than the admin section where my deputy and I sit and look over fire and emergency services and get to talk to the senior leadership to make sure that we're providing the base what the senior leadership wants us to provide. And I think at this point in time, when it comes to fire and emergency services, I think we're doing outstanding. Decades old, fire station number one on the Edwards flight line has served our firefighters well, but very soon it will be abandoned for a brand new facility. We'll talk about that in a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest is Mr. Tim Johnson, who is the chief of the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services for the 812th Civil Engineering Squadron. Chief Johnson, an exciting time is ahead for the firefighters stationed at Fire Station Number 1 as its replacement building is nearing completion. Let's spend a moment, though, on the old facility, which I believe is more than 50 years old. Can you mention some of the missions that it supported over its career? Building 1617 Fire Station 1 is well over 50 years old. I think it is a 1950s, or specifically maybe a 54 or 55 vintage. It is a very old facility, and it has served uh, Edwards Fire and Emergency Services well. Uh, the missions that it's that I know that it's been part of, obviously the biggest one was the uh, space shuttle, but it has been part of every new fighter that's been through here uh, recently. Uh, you talked about the trainers, so the T-7, Global Hawk, F-22, F-35, B-2. Yes, it, it has seen a lot of missions come through, and it has seen a lot of firefighters come through it. There is a mural that got taken down. Uh, it is at station, the new station one now. They have mounted, uh, mounted it right into the uh, front entryway that if, anybody uh, more than welcome to come see the mural, but it it depicts what Edwards truly is on the fire and emergency services side. I look forward to seeing that mural. You know, years ago, I visited the old fire station one, and the first thing I noticed was how small it was. Those engines, those fire engines were just, seems to me they were squeezed in there. Tell us how it compares to the new fire station in regards to size. Uh, When it comes to size, uh, believe it or not, Don, the uh, station is actually pretty close to the same size because we're not allowed due to construction um, requirements to get any bigger, but it's defined based off of the layout. So the layout made it better for us to have bigger stalls so we could uh, have the trucks parked in there more efficiently. Uh, When it comes to uh, the new station one and obviously the old station one, we're about 36, 37,000 square feet. What it does do for us, it does house uh, all the R vehicles that we have at Fire Station 1, which once again is about 10,000 gallons of agent. Uh, and it also gives us that structural capability. Uh, it's broke off in two different bays. We have the R Bay, which comes straight out of the station, headed east and gets on Taxiway Bravo. And then we can 
go either direction to Taxiway Alpha and Taxiway Charlie and to include Taxiway Bravo. Uh, as to where the structural uh, side, it gives us the capability to get on to the taxiway and go straight onto Wolf Avenue. I imagine uh, a lot of people have noticed that there are streetlights on Wolf Avenue now, uh, other than at uh, Wolf and Lancaster. But you notice that at this point in time, the lights are always green. What that is, is we requested to have lights put in that uh, the fire trucks, the responding fire trucks can uh, operate. So it, it can stop traffic when, you know, especially during the busy time of the day, uh, you know, anywhere from 0700 to about 1700 at night. That's an excellent safety feature, if I may add. It, it, it kind of shuts uh, traffic flow down. Uh, for a little bit so we can get out and go whichever directions we have. So if you do see the red lights, please stop uh, because that means we're coming through. You may not see us. Uh, it is set up to where at about 250 foot away from the lights when our uh, emergency lights are going off, that it will activate the red lights. Just because you don't see us doesn't mean we're not there. Well, Chief Johnson, the new station offers a lot of advancements compared to the old one. For instance, the bay doors are not the same. The doors, uh, usually when you see a fire department, you're looking at overhead doors, uh, the rolling overhead doors. Uh, but this one, I don't know if they're state of the art, but they're, they're new to us. They are accordion style doors, so they open from side to side. Uh, instead of roll up into the to the ceiling area. Uh, with these, they're faster. So I think within 14 seconds, the door is fully open. As to where the overhead doors, that could take anywhere from 20 to 30 seconds, depending on the age of the door and actually the height of the door, because we have to have a, a minimum of 20 foot, uh, a 20 foot door. So the doors are pretty good size. And other than that, they're pretty heavy. But with these doors that open side to side, we're not worried about the door not opening all the way up. Uh, we can just push it open if that happens as to where it's very hard to open an overhead door up. Uh, you have to do it with a chain. Plus, we can see uh, when the door is opening up because all you got to do is look side to side. You don't have to kind of lean over a steering wheel and look up. In the new fire station, how many firefighting vehicles can you store in the facility? And also, can you guys work the, on the vehicles inside there? Yes. Uh, the new design criteria when it comes to working in the stalls, I have to have uh, 10 foot in front and back of the fire engines and then five foot on each side. Uh, well, I shouldn't say fire engines, but any of the uh, firefighting apparatus. For that station, I can house five uh, aircraft rescue firefighting apparatus. And then uh, we, we do have uh, eight more structural engines on that side. But We'll only have, at this new station, we're only going to have our aerial there and one engine company, uh, a rescue vehicle, then a couple of trailers, and then uh, command vehicles. So, Chief, let's move on and let's talk about amenities for the firefighters. Dormitory quarters for how many and what will that area be like? Uh, on the amenities, uh, yes. Uh, it is not a state-of-the-art fire, fire station. Uh, it, it by any means it it is a compliant fire station is what it should be referred to um, it it's given us the capability something that uh, a lot of fire departments uh, don't have i'm sorry fire stations don't have right now uh, we have an infectious disease control room so if we have firefighters respond to a 
medical incident that they get contaminated with bodily fluids from a patient, you know, i.e. blood, there's an area in the fire station now that they can go in, take off their uniforms and everything, throw it in a washer and dryer that's dedicated to that type of thing and have a shower in there that they they don't enter the station. They just go into this room and can be decontaminated. That's something that a lot of fire departments do not have. We also have a PPE uh, extractor uh, to where we can wash PPE within the, the, the station. That only come online maybe in the past 20 years, and there hasn't been too many brand new fire stations that in this past 20 years. They are very expensive. Uh, I don't know if ours meets up to what others were, but to have this type of capability. So if I have a crew respond to a fire and their PPE is dirty, they can go in wash their PPE, get their second set. Uh, every firefighter has two sets of PPE and clean this, their set that they wore and then put on their other set. Uh, that is brand new. The training area is going to be probably one of the best technologies that I've seen within a fire station with the smart boards, uh, with that capability. Also to the point where maybe uh, be an alternate uh, EOC if needed. Uh, you asked a question about the bunk rooms. Okay. The station has 21 bunk rooms. It can house up to 41 firefighters. Uh, you have 20 that belong to the firefighters on the trucks, and then you have the division chief's bunk room. But the firefighters themselves, even though they'll have their own bed, they will share a room. Then you have a uh, laundry area uh, that's going to support them. It kind of, when you walk over there and look at it, it kind of looks like a laundry mat. So I like that, to be able to give them that many washers and dryers so they can wash their stuff. Uh, their fitness area. Uh, we we talked about the pure fit. Uh, very nice fitness area, brand new equipment, weights and stuff that's going to support uh, Station One's uh, fitness requirements. The biggest thing, though, that I like about the uh, fire station uh, would be the ECC. We are going to dislocate from the B-Dock and give so the B-Dock side, the security forces side, can have a little bit more room uh, because of the things they have to monitor. And I'm going to move the primary fireside to fire station one so the fireside of the ecc will be at fire station one both will still have the capability of 911 which that's how we have to be connected uh and we still talk to each other on a daily basis but that will be a big move for us as for fun stuff with the for the firefighters, uh, obviously we work 24-7, but obviously firefighters need downtime. They have two day rooms. Uh, one is an area that they can go play pool, watch uh, uh, any type of sports uh, that's going on with TV. And then they have a day room that they can watch movies in uh, that it has recliners. Uh, the biggest thing uh, with that, with those type of areas, the leisure area, is we have an outdoor patio now. Right in the center of the facility, we have about a 400-square-foot patio that is sheltered from the weather uh, and also the airfield. Uh, it's been very hard. You know, you can't have uh, a lot of things on the airfield, uh, i.e. open flame, but this area provides a barbecue area for the firefighters, and it's attached to the kitchen. Uh, when it comes to the kitchen, uh, the kitchen, because the firefighters are there 24-7, 
the kitchen was designed to provide the capability for when the firefighters are there during the holidays that their families could come in. Uh, the kitchen was sized to, to support other fire stations coming down and family members uh, to come down and celebrate the holidays with them. So it is probably one of the biggest kitchen you'll ever see. Well, Chief, no doubt that you and the entire Edwards firefighting team are looking forward to moving into fire station number one, the new one. When do you plan to do that? Uh, Well, at this point in time, uh, there was a lot of working parts uh, that needed to be taken care of. When it comes to the construction side, that is complete. Just like any facility out there that's brand new, uh, there's a couple of things that uh, need to go in for repair. The, The Army Corps of Engineers and the Civil Engineering Group is taking care of that pretty much as we speak. Uh, on the uh, purchasing of equipment in between our logistics person and um, contracting, we are working that. So what we are looking at uh, when it comes to the furniture getting put in is the last week of October. And we're hoping to, within the first week or two of November, relocating 100% into the new Fire Station 1 Building 1223. That's exciting. You know, as you look to the future, do you think you're going to miss the old fire station? And what's going to happen to that building? You, you always miss an old fire station. There's always stories going around uh, about uh, being in certain stations. They try to take as much history as they can uh, with that, like I, I talked about the mural. But unfortunately, building 1617, the old fire station one is in disrepair. It does have bad plumbing. Uh, The facility is settling. Um, Electrical is old and can't support what's going on. So unfortunately, that building will be demolished once we move out. So it's going to be a big hole in between building 1600 and the tower. Well, Chief Johnson, I can't thank you enough for taking the time today to talk with us. We're also proud of the Edwards Fire and Emergency Services team and the dedication and hard work you all put forth to keep us safe. Thank you so much. But, sir, before I let you go, would you please share with us what it means to you to work here at Edwards at the center of the aerospace testing universe? What it means to me, it's pride. Uh, Working here uh, for me is pride. I enjoy every day when I drive on base. Uh, I come through the gate, I take a look, uh, I'll, I usually get here pretty early, so all I see is a lot of lights, but I see a lot of pride going on here. Uh, everybody's here to complete a mission. I'm here to complete a mission. I'm here to make sure the mission runs the way it's supposed to, and I'm also here to provide that fire protection over the mission. That way they can fly the next warbird. Before we go, here is that Instagram address for the Edwards Fire Department. You can find it on Instagram at Edwards underscore F-E-S. Many thanks to today's guest, Fire Chief Tim Johnson, for taking time out to share his story and taking us beyond the test. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Dawn Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test.